Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Tender Joy. I am your host, Cindy. And I am your host, Scott. We have a few interesting articles for you on this podcast. The first article is about reusing down trees. The second one is about a vet for homeless pets. And our last article is about sunlight for food and power. All right, so let's jump into our first article. In cities across the U.S., people are choosing to upcycle their downed urban trees into valuable products rather than chipping them, burning them, or dumping them into the landfill. This has created a new community of people who reuse the wood to create some incredible products. When processed, sold, and utilized to its highest value, the U.S. could produce nearly 8 billion board feet of urban-sourced lumber annually, or about 10% of the production that the traditional lumber industry gathers from America's forests. In Harrisonburg, Virginia, there has been a push that saw felled municipal trees go into making park benches, planter boxes, and conference room desks. Meanwhile, in Maryland, where the Baltimore Wood Project, a U.S. Forest Service-led effort to promote urban wood reclamation, has created over 65,000 board feet for city constructions of fishing piers, pedestrian bridges, and wellness centers. In about 350 cities across Arizona and California, West Coast arborists are lobbying for city ordinances on shade trees and other urban tree planting programs. Recently, West Coast arborists began supplying lumber from felled urban trees to Taylor Guitars, who were looking for chamois ash and red ironbark eucalyptus trees for several of their models. Urban Hardwoods, a Seattle-based bespoke furniture maker, runs its own sawmill for the processing of trees received through Urban Wood Network an industry collaborator that connects a community of people who participate in urban wood reclamation activities. All of Urban Hardwood's fascinating furniture is created from trees that are within 15-mile radius of the store. Oregon has also created a program that recycles shrubs, limbs, and other wood that cannot be turned into high-end products. It instead turns them into biochar, a new type of soil amendment that involves heating wood over fire without access to oxygen. When placed in soil, biochar acts like a sponge to soak up minerals and water, and is beneficial for the health of plants and trees. It's not as carbon neutral as furniture, but making biochar and other fertilizers produces less CO2 than shredding trees into chips, burning them, or loading up a landfill. This is great to see people making good use of otherwise discarded waste. I'm a huge fan of reusing things when possible and cutting down on the amount of things that usually just go straight to the trash. Alright, now on to our next article. Okay, so if I were to ask you to go to Skid Row, that would be no-go for you. But Dr. Quain Stewart, also known as the street vet, is nearly famous for going to the Skid Row. Quain runs the 501c3 nonprofit Project Street Vet, which visits homeless encampments and provides free medical care for their pets. They rely on donations and volunteers to run the program, and last year they provided almost 600 animals with medical care. About 10 to 25 percent of the homeless population of America own pets for companionship and sometimes for security. Many of them do not have the necessary resources to take proper care of their pets, so that's where Dr. Stewart comes in. He started volunteering a few hours a day in LA providing medical care to pets. This went on for seven years and eventually created a short one-season Canadian show called Dr. Quain, the street vet, that attracted pet product firms, volunteers, and philanthropists to his mission. In 2020, he and his brother Ian started his nonprofit that provides free exams, vaccines, flea medications, and supplies. They also provide information to people experiencing homelessness on how to raise their animals with the limited means they possess. 
Charity organization partners with Animal Clinics and Project Street Vet to open pop-up clinics where the homeless can bring in their pets for more advanced medical care, as well as procedures like spaying and neutering. Project Street Vet also assists qualified pet parents with their pets' veterinary care through financial assistance grants. They rely entirely on charitable contributions, and anyone who wants to donate time or money can find the link in the show notes. This is truly a selfless cause helping out those pets that usually cannot receive the proper medical attention. Yes, I 100% agree. I sure hope that we can spread the word and get more people out there to help volunteer and donate. Alright, now on to our next article. Scientists working in techno-agriculture have found that by covering crops with canopies of translucent solar panels, they can separate the light which generates energy from the light that leads to photosynthesis in plants. This means a farmer could generate more solar energy and better crops at the same time. Different colored light from our sun impacts biology on Earth in different ways. Blue light is what life uses to detect daytime and is a trigger for major hormonal shifts in animals and plants from active to inactive behaviors. Red light is what plants use to turn carbon dioxide into sugars. Red light isn't as hot as blue light, and plants exposed to growing conditions with red light spectra show less heat stress than those exposed to blue light. Blue light, though, is what is needed to generate solar power in any meaningful way. Associate Professor Najum from the University of California, Davis, tested organic solar panels made from translucent materials that absorb the blue light to generate electricity, but allow the red light with its longer wavelengths to pass through to the crops below. At the UC Davis Agricultural Experiment Station, Najam and his team planted three different plots of processing tomatoes, which are a common Central Valley, California crop. They planted one crop under a canopy of selective red light, another plot under selective blue, and a third uncovered plot. While the filtered light crops resulted in one-third less yield from the reduced sunlight, they produced half as many heat-stressed or bad tomato as the uncovered plot, and when the electricity and water savings are added in, the resulting picture becomes very profitable. Agrovoltaics, a practice of growing shade-tolerant crops under solar panel arrays, is starting to become more popular. The shade protects the crops from heat stress, while the plant transpiration humidifies the air beneath the panels, cooling them down and increasing their electricity output. Najam sees his translucent solar canopies as the next step in this practice, as one does not need to alternate rows of panels nor deprive plants of the sun's feeding rays. Another benefit of these panels is that, like plant leaves, they absorb light from the sun indirectly. Unlike the large metal panels typical of arrays and rooftops that need direct sunlight to function. Wow, this seems like such a good deal, being able to shade crops from the sun while generating electricity at the same time. I can see this becoming very popular in the future. And speaking of solar panels, we found this solar panel charger on Amazon that could be used to charge your phone or tablet. This charger is very portable and has four large solar panels that can be folded up for on-the-go solar, so make sure to check out the link in the show notes. Alright, so that's just a few articles that we found online that we really enjoyed. Feel free to email us at tenderjoypodcast at gmail.com with other article suggestions. Thanks for tuning in to Tender Joy. And catch you on the next one.